Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. In this episode, we have Laura Chung. In this episode, we talk about the true meaning of unity. We talk about light codes and kundalini kriyas, our favorite spiritual books that propel growth. And we also talk about healing awakenings and spiritual bypassing. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. I'm super pumped about today's guest. We have Laura Chung. Laura, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It feels so beautiful and aligned to be here with you. Yay, I think so as well. And even just before we started recording, Laura and I were talking about our similar backgrounds. I also was in the corporate space, left, started traveling. So I want to hear what was that transition like for you? Wow. So I've done this back and forth of corporate and doing my own thing. Probably this is my third time now. And I I always felt that there was a deeper calling to my life. I always felt that thread throughout my life. But I always got sidetracked of that fear and the scarcity mindset. And then I'd go back to corporate feeling like I needed that security, feeling like I needed that paycheck, that 401k, the health insurance. And then, um, you know, realizing that I was just a robot and just, you know, miserable with my life. And I think it was the last time when I was there for the longest time that I'd been in any job. It was four years. And this was 2016 when the Me Too movement was happening and the guy in the White House became the president. And just a lot of things in my external environment was pressurizing me to realize that I really did need to just live for myself and remove myself out of a toxic work environment. And so for me, I was at that point ready just to find myself, be happy, be calm, be at peace. So to answer your question, it was, it was, it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be because I was just ready. And that idea, that feeling of being ready, I feel like that's something I talk a lot about with my clients because for some people, ready is a lie, right? Like we always think when I feel like this or when I have this this amount of money or when I'm living in this space. So for you, I it feels like purpose energy. It feels like deep alignment and that that kind of aha moment. So when you started traveling, where did you first start and how did that help you realign to your purpose? Yeah, so I actually really, really do like, I really do resonate with what you just said, because ready for everyone is different. And I write this a lot in my Instagram. And what I tell my clients a lot, too, is the baseline of fear, whatever you do with change, you're gonna be scared as fuck, because you're making a change. You're telling your ego that we're doing something new. So it's ready for everyone looks differently. And for me, it was just at the point where I was like, Oh, I had enough, like enough is enough. But I was still scared. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what was what was happening with my life. I didn't really have a plan per se. Um, so I saved up a bunch of money, I worked in private equity. And I went from living by myself in the West Village to living with roommates. So I like prepared myself to a certain extent. 
But then it was up to me to just take that leap. And I had been working 100 hour weeks for four years. And I decided that the first thing I wanted to do when I quit was travel through Southeast Asia and Asia for three months with my sister. And my sister also quit her job at the same time. Amazing. So we're able to yeah, we were able to travel together and I had already been to Southeast Asia, but she had never been. So um, it was just a beautiful experience where we could both travel together as sisters. And and then when I got back, I honestly was scared because I was like, OK, now what? And I it, I was brought to California. I have a lot of family there. I thought I wanted to move there. Um, I stayed there for about a month. And this was the first time that I was unemployed, I had all this time on my hands. And that was sort of like the beginning of realizing, wow, like how I had been living was so toxic. I'd been so sick all the time, so tired all the time. And now for the first time, I was just waking up when I wanted to, and I had all this space. And so um, right after I quit, it was really just like, recuperating myself, my physical body and my mind. And we need that energetic shift sometimes. I, when I started my nomadic journey, I first, I was, I led a trip to Israel and then I stayed for six months. And I remember I was blown away by this idea of waking up like whenever I wanted to, like even on the weekends, I wanted to wake up so early because the weekend was so sacred but then you're on your own time all of a sudden. And I would wake up whenever I wanted to. And I would play this one Simon and Garfunkel record, like in this, <laughs> this house I was staying in um, outside of Tel Aviv. And it was so healing, drinking coffee, drinking tea, eating whatever I wanted to at really random times. It's this freedom that's intuitive that we never learn. Like we don't learn this in school. Exactly. And I think since then, it's been unprogramming my mind and unlearning all the things that I was taught since I was little about what we should do and what we need to do and what is success, what is money, what is actually my purpose and like, why am I even here? And it's been an incredibly challenging three years, especially the last two years of since my awakening, really. But it's been the most rewarding journey so far. So what would you call your awakening, like a kundalini awakening, just like a deep awareness that we're all interconnected? And how can we also do the same? Yeah, so I think that um, my my awakening was a slow burn. It actually started with my Saturn return when I was 30 years old. They usually say it's between 29 and 30 is like your Saturn return when you when things kind of fall apart in your life and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and definitely happened to me, but it was like a slow burn of until 2017 when I quit my job. And then in March of 2018, I was in Australia for a month and I was in Byron Bay. I'll never forget it because obviously you're awakening. You don't forget. And it was the first time I had taken psychedelic drugs and plant medicine. And I highly, highly say that with reverence and caution like I don't recommend this to everybody like you really have to be called to use these medicines but I just so happened to be there with friends that I trusted and I was I took it and I literally had this psychic download from my Pleiadian family um, I was literally 
under the stars the entire night, just staring at the stars and getting these downloads and psychic connections. And it was, I mean, the most profound moment of my entire life. I could, I could literally say that that's why I believe we're always meant to be where we're meant to be. Because if I wasn't on that beach with those exact like, you know, variables, then I don't know if I would have had that profound moment of interconnectedness. And everyone says that, right? Like yoga, yoga means unity. But I didn't understand that to every cell in my being until I was awakened to that. And then after that, it was really trying to understand and integrate that into my life. Like, okay, what does this mean? What does this like mean for my physical human being, you know? Um, and then that was the catalyst of me meeting the right people, being in the right situations, having the right teachers, finding Reiki, finding Kundalini yoga, going to India, meeting like the right people to really help me remember who I am and what I'm doing here. It, that was like a very short answer to your story, <laughs> to your question. <laughs> which, which drug did you do? Which plan? Um, it was LSD, I believe. And what were some of your downloads? I think downloads are so sacred and so potent. And that's the content that has to be shared. Yeah. So for me, the biggest one was about unity and like oneness. Like I really felt in a cellular level that I was a part of the plants. My, my energy was part of the ocean. I was part of the stars and we are, we're all part of the galactic family. And, and then it was more of a, a reawakening of my DNA, my light codes. And that's something that like, again, like you don't really understand at a human level, it happens kind of like on a subconscious unconscious level. And it's really um, my human self trying to decode that and understanding what that means. And even like to this day, if I really sat as a human, Laura talk, thinking about it, I'm like, what? That's not real, you know, <laughs> like reactivating my light codes, but then it comes out in you know, your energy and your frequency. And that's something you don't see, but that's something that ripples has a ripple effect. Light codes and UFOs and like Kundalini awakening. I mean, these are just a common theme, common themes I talk about with my clients as well. And especially light codes. I think this is as someone who works with woke entrepreneurs or spiritual entrepreneurs, light codes is there's many ways to define this and like the radical sharing of what feels authentic and purposeful to you. Can you tell us a little bit about light codes? Sure. So each of us, we all have DNA and 95% of it is junk. And I'm using air quotes because scientists don't really understand like what the other part of our DNA is for and what it actually is are our light codes. And like I said, we're descendants of um, galactic beings, you can call them UFOs, ETs, but we have encoded within our DNA, within us, within ourselves, information that can help us, you know, navigate through anything. Even now, like with all this COVID and all this mess that we're going through, we really have the power within. And that's why I keep saying that, like, we have all the information within us. And also at a soul level, 
um, our souls came here with plans, a blueprint that we have within our DNA, within our within ourselves. And so it's really up to us to remember and to activate those codes. Uh, and I'm trying to think of another word for codes. So maybe it's like blueprint or plan. Um, and that can be done in so many different ways. And to go back to your first question of how can we all do that? It's really just like following the signs and synchronicities and creating that space of stillness for yourself because we're never gonna be able to hear what our souls are trying to say, our higher selves, or even like the beings that are helping us if we don't create sacred space and stillness to hear. Cause we're constantly so busy. We're like, we gotta hustle, we gotta do. And that's just not how we were made. We were made to be like that. Right, we're just all the time running around with our heads cut off and it's so not of highest good. And you know, my clients laugh at me. Like I really believe everything that you desire is on the other side of, of meditation, of a deep breath. And it just comes down to your morning routine, which I've run on Wise Woman podcast and, and our listeners know that I talk about that all the time. Maybe it's not that sexy because so many people are talking about it specifically. What kundalini kriyas or what is your practice that helps you pay attention to your light codes? So um, kundalini definitely has helped me activate that because it's like hard to explain exactly um, to the Western person who understands yoga as more of like the asanas as like yoga is meant to work out your body. And that's like not what it was meant for yoga. Like the traditional asanas was meant to basically like release of the energy in your body so you could get into a meditative state so that you can listen to those to your higher self and what kundalini for me is like almost like alchemy it like releases certain energy points that maybe have been dormant or it allows you to transmute energy so that you have more access to all of the different dimensions and all the different realms of reality because everyone Every human believes that we're just physical, but it's so not true. Our physical reality is maybe like 5% of what's really available to us. Like we live in so many different dimensions of time and space and of parallel universes. And, you know, it's like, and that's what Kundalini has allowed me to do is to really have access to those different realms. In terms of Kriyas, I think every Kriya um, has a specific purpose. So you want to ask yourself, what, what do you want? Like, what is your intention? Like, what do you want to get out of the Kriya? Like there's Kriyas for prosperity. There's Kriyas for creativity. There's Kriyas for transformation. And so the ones that I learned in the beginning in during teacher training were the very basic ones, like, um, the Kirtan Kriya, the Satanama, which is for transformation. It's like the basic one that everyone learns in Kundalini Yoga. And then the Sat Kriya, which is the most powerful one, I believe. And it, it really is like um, using your lower chakra energy to move all that energy up through your higher chakras, which I love that one. And then all of my clients really want prosperity. Um, so they love the Subha Kriya, which is the prosperity Kriya. So um, it really is like, what do you want? Um, at the moment in your life and what to cultivate. Cause we do Kriyas for 40 days and 40 days, as you know, in most religions, it's very sacred time. So you practice that one Kriya every day for 40 days to see change. Beautiful. I, 
everything you said you said I echo. I teach the Subag Kriya as like a mandatory practice in any of my business coaching trainings or programs. It's super high and holy. And if you're listening and you've heard me talk about this before, may this be the time that it really lands and that you start practicing the Subag Kriya or you message one of us on Instagram and we'll guide you through it as well. Because it is super fucking wow. I mean, you are sitting there like thinking about your soulmate clients. I always encourage my clients to do it around a launch. And then it's like pure medicine. It's these... Mm -hmm. Your aura increases, you feel really fucking good. And then all these clients start reaching out, which is super high and holy. Totally. So if it wasn't a global pandemic, where would you be right now? Um, so back in March, I was supposed to be in Tulum um, teaching uh, and doing Reiki circles, which I love doing. And then I don't know, like I don't really plan out my travel I'm like the opposite of most people. Like some of my friends plan out their trips years in advance and I plan mine like months, a month in advance. Cause I really do like to go by my intuition and where I'm called to be. So probably right now, if it wasn't for this situation, I'd probably be, um, you know, I'd probably be here actually. Cause I really do love summers in the East coast cause it's warm. There's the beach. So Yeah. That's so nice. It's not, that's so nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone who is listening and they're focusing on awakening or healing or transformation, what are some of the first step practices that you would encourage them to do? Oh, wow. Well, for me, it was, um, it was actually examining my life and where I was feeling the most resistance. So for me, it was my relationships to men, <laughs> realizing like, okay, I'm attracting the same kind of guy over and over again. It's really seeing your patterns of behaviors and being like, there's something there. The common denominator is me, not them. And actually like owning that, right? Because we all want to project and be like, that guy was an asshole or he is so shitty and X, Y, and Z, but it's actually it's a hard pill to swallow, but you're the one attracting that person. And you're the one who is allowing that person into your energetic space. So I think actually it was 2018 and I was dating in California and I was just attracting the same kind of guy. And I was like, what is happening with this? And it was really that beginning point of examining, okay, you know, I'm attracting this person. Got it awareness right awareness is the first step then it's like what about me is attracting these people oh it's because i have this like deep father wound what about the deep father wound oh and then you like you keep peeling back the layers of like the root cause and most of it really forms when we're little like our consciousness forms from the age of zero to seven and then after that we're hardwired to keep repeating the same thoughts and patterns after the age of seven and it's really, that's why I'm such a huge proponent of inner child work, because as little children, we just want to be seen, heard, validated, and loved. And if you don't get that from a parent or both parents, then you keep attracting that, that energy into your life. And it's really, I mean, honestly, I think most of the, the pain that most people go through is just these repeated 
patterns and these behaviors. And if you can just unwind that and understand where it comes from and get to the root of it, I think that's where the healing and the awakening and the transformation can start. Hi, everyone. Are you unlocking your full potential? We pause this episode to make sure that you have a meditation and mindfulness routine that supports your highest potential, increase productivity, lower your stress levels, and improve your sleep. This is why we created the Spiritual Intelligence Quiz. Join thousands of others that have taken this 30-second quiz to help them find a meditation routine best for their personality type. You are unique. Your meditation practice should be too. Go to erinrachelpeltcom slash quiz or head over to my homepage to check it out there. Again, it's Aaron Rachel Doppelt, E-R-I-N-R-A-C-H-E-L-D-O-P-P-E-L-T.com forward slash quiz to take the quiz today. See you there and enjoy the rest of the episode. It is so interesting with early childhood trauma and how if it goes unnoticed, it keeps repeating itself over time. Now there's another cycle, we both have our, we both have studied psychology and there's also this school of therapy that is kind of anti-Freudian that kind of just recognizes, like I would even say it's positive psychology, mm-hmm. recognize the trauma occurred, don't think about it too much and like choose the positive thought instead. And I wonder like with your background, what were some of the psychological themes that really that you use with your clients or that still really resonate with you? Yeah. And, you know, I think what I, what got me into psychology was trying to understand my parents because I really didn't understand why they thought the way they did, why they behaved the way they did. And, um, you know, I really did resonate with Freud and young Carl Jung's work. Um, I really love Carl Jung's work about the shadow and the shadow aspects of the human and how it's so important to integrate that parts of ourselves. Um, I, I used to be that positive person. I used to be like, don't think about your worries. Don't think about your traumas. Don't think about anything negative. Just think positively. But what I've learned throughout my past is that it wasn't allowing me to feel, feel and feel like the spectrums of emotions that humans have access to and that's actually our power our power is not to control feelings it's actually being able to if so i love metaphors like if our emotions are our sea right we're not supposed to control the sea the sea is like a natural element that's going to do what it does our job is to create a sailboat to to sail the waves of our emotions um So what I realize is this positive psychology and just kind of bypassing our feelings is actually more, it's doing more harm than good. That's just my personal perspective. And I think the more I was able to look at my shadows and my wounds and my traumas and integrate them into my life is actually giving me more power. And yeah, I just don't believe in bypassing. And I don't believe in that kind of wellness, spiritual idea that I see a lot today. Oh my God. We see it all the time, especially with black lives matter. And this, Mm -hmm. this huge conversation around spiritual bypassing and white bypassing and taking something and moving through it right away. I'm also a huge fan of Jung. I use his archetypes all the time and in my trainings and even myself, like before 
I hop on a sales call, like I'm the, you know, the empress before a wise mm -hmm. woman podcast. We're the wise women, right? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to spiritual bypassing and Black Lives Matter, for all of us who are really in the spiritual community or working hard to heal and wake up, what are some tools we can use to make sure we are not spiritual bypassing? So I love that you brought this up because it's so important to me. Um, two years ago, I was at a wellness, diversity and wellness dinner in New York City and a black woman at my table said to me that I had privilege. And I had never heard that before because I'm, if you can't see me because I'm uh, this is a podcast, but I'm an Asian American woman. I'm of Korean descent. And so I'm not white, but I'm also not black. And that, that idea of privilege was kind of foreign to me at the time. Like I knew I had some forms of privilege, but I didn't quite understand that. And instead of getting defensive, which I see a lot of white people doing right now, it's that I just, didn't say anything. And I said, can you please explain? And I was just listening. Listening is such an important tool that many people don't know how to practice because their ego gets in the way and their ego is like, I have to defend myself. I have to be, I'm so uncomfortable that I have to like, you know, speak and know what, what this opportunity is giving you is to be quiet and maybe look inward, be introspective and ask yourself, hey, maybe, you know, she's a sacred mirror for me to really ask myself, like, what is privilege? And of course, like when I did the research, and when I read about privilege, I am privileged, because I grew up in a suburb outside New York City, like I have two parents, never went to jail, like never fear of being arrested by cop, like the list goes on and on and on. on. So um, I think that it's important with any kind of uncomfortable situation whether it's black lives matter or privilege or anything like that is to just take a step back and lean into the discomfort and maybe ask yourself what is actually happening like what is this information why is it triggering me so much like maybe there's some truth to that because i rely on people now being held in a very unconditional love space i rely on people to call me out because I want to be a better person and I want to grow. So if I'm acting out of line and if I don't see blind spots, if like my unconscious is running wild, like I rely on people to call that out for me. And I know that there's some people that are coming from a not so good intention place, which that also has its own space, but really recognizing that maybe this is a learning opportunity for me and not bypassing anything that comes my way. And it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, it's so uncomfortable and it's so important. And this is such an important conversation to have. And even my black friends and my black clients, they'll say, Aaron, you kind of get it though, right? Because you're Jewish. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like the most interesting response ever because no, I don't. you like, no one knows I'm Jewish until I say, you know, I'm, I'm of Jewish descent. I'm like, I spend a lot of time in Israel and it's a very interesting response that I think as obviously a fair skinned female, this is where the work lies and to be called out in a way that, yes, we maybe see eye to eye in a couple things like, yes, anti-Semitism is alive and well. And like, yes, there's a lot of prejudice and racism alive and well in America and around the world. And I'm going to double my devotion and do the uncomfortable work. Yeah. 
It's so important. I mean, also as like spiritual wellness, um, I hate the word influencer, but I guess like leader and teachers, we have to be the ones to do that work. If we're expecting our community and especially if people are buying our programs and are spending money with us, like we have to create that space for them. Like the tenets of spirituality and wellness is to be free and, and feel that safe space. And if we're not doing that for people, then why the heck are they going to spend their money with us? Yeah. And to work with healers who are diverse and who have diverse thoughts and feelings I think is always really key. And one of the best ways to do that is like, even simply, like I was even looking to bring in different guest speakers into my programming. And I was looking to maybe work with another mentor or healer. And now I look to see like, if they have diverse followers on social media, are they following diverse people on social media? Do they work with people who look like me and who don't look like me? And even like brands that I follow, like I've be like re fallen in love with certain brands like Nike versus Lululemon, right? Cause mm-hmm. you walk into Lululemon and everybody looks kind of like me, right? Everybody's yeah. like a white girl. And then you walk into Nike and it's, there's like, it's, it, there's blacks and Asian and mm-hmm. all different shapes and sizes of people and Latinos and it's diverse. And I think that's also really another reason why I'm so obsessed with Nike. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny because those two examples are always like the the example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's a really, I think it's an important one to point out and, and it makes it easy for people to kind of understand what we're talking about. And whenever I'm online with a, a healer and a spiritual entrepreneur, what are some of your favorite books, like self-help and spiritual books that you've read that have helped your transformation? So many. If I was to turn this camera around, there's like a shelf full of books. Um, Actually, the first book that came into my awareness was um, Wishes Fulfilled by Wayne Dyer. I love Wayne Dyer. I've read most of his books. Um, And then Esther and Abraham Hicks, obviously. Those are like more law of attraction type books. But then I love Eckhart Tolle, Tolle, um, New Earth. Um, I'm just going to read off of my shelf. I also love like, you know, um, the psychedelic, the fathers of psychedelics, like Stan Groff. Do you know Stan Groff? Yeah, he's done amazing work. I love, I love his work. Um, Obviously, I love Viktor Frankl, A Man's Search for Meaning. Um, Yeah, just, just really, I love books. The one I'm reading right now is Women Who Run With Wolves. Of course, all about the archetypes. Yes, bringing back like the fem- divine feminine and yeah, and I just love Dr. Joseph Spenza too because I also, I really do believe in um, merging like science and spirituality and how now science is catching up with what spiritual sages, yogis, mystics have known for thousands and thousands of years is that we're all energy and we all have these energy systems. It's like, duh. <laughs> no shit, Yeah. <laughs> It's so important. I mean, everything you said, I echo. And then I'll even add that, like after reading many of those books, I, I need the I need the more intense stuff. Like I need the light codes. Like I need the UFOs. Like I need the galaxy. Like I need to 
drop in a little bit deeper. It's so like, even just being in Sedona, I was talking about some of my favorite books with these other healers and they're like, Aaron, yeah, yeah. That's like how the West interprets it. Like Mm. go layer deeper, read like the super woo stuff. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. This is interesting. So if your words went viral and you could share wisdom with women all around the world, what is some of the wisdom you would share with them? Yeah, so I started out as like a traveler, like my rising is Sagittarius. So I was seeking answers outside of the world and the world was like my school. It was like everything that I've learned and had the most enriching learnings was from my travels, but the most important journey is within yourself, is the heroine's journey. You know, everyone knows the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, like going on that, you know, adventure, but the most important one is the one that you go within yourself, learn about yourself, understand like your triggers and what your desires are, what your dreams are. And from there, the energy goes from within out and like your physical reality matches your inner world. And I think that's something that I really do try to teach my my community is that there's nothing out there that you cannot get from within. So those would be my words. Every new country we travel to, I feel like it's another master's degree or like a PhD, like it's so high level. Totally. And I was telling my sister that if and when I ever have kids, um, that's still like question marks in the universe is I would love to just take them cross country in an RV and be like, this is where the pilgrims came. I mean, I would obviously tell it in the real way, not the, uh-huh. <laughs> not the way we were taught, but you know, like actually showing them the places. And um, I feel like that's how I learn is through experience, not necessarily through a book. Me as well, like very hands-on learner and liver and this is something my partner and I, by the time this comes out, will probably be married by then. And we talk about this all the time. Like this mm-hmm. is our dinner table conversation. Where do we want our kids to grow up? What languages do we want them learning? Are they down mm-hmm. to just sit in the car and kind of miss kindergarten and first grade? Yeah. Like things like this that are so important. Yes. And Laura. I feel, uh, oh, I just feel like, I think this, this situation has allowed us to like reevaluate all that, right? Like totally. We really need to go to school like that. I don't know. (laughs) I know it's so bananas. Laura, thank you so much. Where can we find you? So my main um, Instagram is at Kumi dreams, Kumi dreams.com. And then my podcast and community is awaken and align.life and awaken and align on Instagram. Laura, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Thank you so much, Erin. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being a Wise Woman podcast listener. We are really here to serve you, to share wisdom, truth, and authenticity. May this be your time to shine. We really are here to encourage you to radically show up. Please comment below which rituals help you stay calm, centered, present, and allow you to show up for your great work. Let us know what resonates with you in this episode. As always with podcasts, we need high rating subscribers and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with women all around the globe. So please, if you like us, we like you too. 
comment, subscribe, rate us. We truly love to hear from you. Please email me hello at aaronrachel.pelt.com. If you want to connect with me, it's hello at Aaron, E-R-I-N-R-A-C-H-E-L-D-O-P-P-E-L-T.com. Let me know what's on your heart and we can connect there. Thank you so much for being here.